Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, this week we're uh, talking long distance beyond, beyond, uh, uh, using the miracle of Skype uh, to uh, talk with Nazeli Kuregan of uh, Europe Comics at the London Book Fair. Uh, Nazeli, thanks so much for being on More to Come. Thank you. Thank you, Calvin. So um, uh, we talked to you, I think it was back uh, at New York Comic Con um, yes. when Europe Comics was, uh, as it was really starting to build momentum. So I'll tell you what, just to bring our audience uh, up to, uh, to make sure they're up to speed, uh, can you just tell us again what a Europe Comics is? Of course. Um, well, just in a couple of sentences, in Europe Comics, we are 13 European comics industry players. We are from eight countries. We have nine publishers, two agents, an audiovisual company. Um, and the whole idea is that we would like to create a pan-European catalog. So each publisher is selecting titles from their own catalogs in Spanish and French and in Polish and Serbian. And they're they're translating them in English and, mm-hmm. and distributing them in digital, uh, hoping to reach as many readers and as many comics professionals as possible. And the idea also is to give more visibility to our authors, to European authors around the world by organizing author tours and events exactly as the as the London Book Fair. Actually, this is as mm-hmm. our first full um, book fair where we actually have a stand, we have authors, we have events. Um, Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, and of course, the London Book Fair is, uh, you know, one of the major book fairs in Europe, and it's yeah. a major marketplace for buying and selling rights. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. And actually, our our stand uh, has been attracting a lot of attention. Quite busy, actually. That's the second day has has just finished, uh, and also the panels. Everything so far was was sold out. We did one event. Actually, the uh, what we did actually with Europe Comics was to partner with local um, organizers. We mm-hmm. had the House of Illustration last night. We had a, a talk with with Guardian celebrated Guardian cartoonist. Uh, uh, Posey Simmons. Oh yes, was, uh, yeah. yes. Author of Gemma, Emma Bo- uh, yeah, Bovary and exactly. uh, other great exactly. works. Yeah, and she was talking to our own French uh, graphic novel legend Florence Sestac mm-hmm. um, about women in comics. Uh, what now, it was just to, to interrupt be, you yeah. for a second, uh, yes. Florence Sestac. She's the only woman to win the the yes. Festival d'Angle and Grand Prix. Yes, yeah, yes, so. and, and the event went very well, but of course, as you can imagine, she's very critical uh, right now uh, of the Angolan Festival and of the director of the Angolan Festival, so she didn't miss the chance to express her anger Good. And, and disappointment, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, saying that uh, if the, the current direction of the Angolan Festival is not changed, then it cannot, just, it cannot continue as it should, it cannot continue properly, unfortunately. This was her, her bitter opinion, but um, overall, the evening was great, uh, and the venue was amazing. Mm. The House of Illustration is a beautiful place. Whoever has a chance to come to London, you have to visit it. There is actually currently an exhibition, Comics Creatrix, about women in comics. Awesome. So this was... Uh, now, Paul Gravatt, he yes, was what Paul the moderator, Gravatt. right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, he's the noted uh, British comics uh, journalist. Yes, uh, yes, and, and actually it went very well, because he knows very well, actually, British comics and French comics, European comics as a whole so uh, he gave a, back, a very good background to the to the event and then today we had a panel on on digital comics at the London Book Fair it was very interesting we had sequential 
Uh, Russell Willis from Sequential, mm. the the graphic novel digital platform yes. mm -hmm. from from uh, the UK. We had our own uh, French uh, Isneo, Nicolas yes. Lebedel, uh, representing also a bit Europe comics, and we had Leah Moore, the the daughter of Alan Moore, yes. uh, presenting her her electric comics uh, uh, app. Uh, which is which is sort of a self-publishing channel yes. as well as presenting, I think, known uh, comics artists as well. Yes, 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 and it is still in its beginning, but they're ex it's very interesting because they're experimenting with different reading uh, experiences. Uh, you ha you have to try it; it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So there again, we had Paul Gravett moderating, and and many interesting things came up uh, during the the panel. There were many many people, I think found it interesting uh the future of, of comics is bright of course mm -hmm. according to our panelists uh, in digital um and it is going to develop more and more getting according to them even into going into um, augmented reality and mm -hmm. um they were very very positive and and yes overall the the conclusion was that uh, digital publishers should unite digital platforms should unite and this is how in europe digital publishing can can work well and reach the the, the levels uh, that it has reached in the US and the UK um, in the English speaking world let's say so um so this was uh, so today. terrific yeah well you've got and there, you've got even more you, you've still got another day or so of events so you yes, really have yes. gone in big at the London book fair well, and so yeah. and to really make a splash with your comics yeah, yeah, and we just—I just came back from from our third event. Actually, uh, mm -hmm. this evening we were at the French Institute, where we had our all our we we had four authors here. We still have them. They're here, apart from Florence Estac. We have uh, sci-fi um, scriptwriter Sylvain Rumberg, who was published by Cinebook in English. His series Orbital. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Marcel Toledano. A Spanish young Spanish artist, um, author of Ken Games that we have released oh, yeah. in English. I, I saw the book on the Europe it's Comics site, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's a magnificent trilogy. Uh, and then uh, we have Vanna Vinci, a celebrated Italian uh, female artist, uh, author of Casati. Um, the Selfish Muse, also a book mm -hmm. that we have in Europe Comics here. And we had invited as, as a British, as our British guest, um, Pat Mills. Mm-hmm. You know, the creator of 2000 AD, oh, the, yes, the magazine. Of mm -hmm. uh, so we had a very interesting panel, with, again, with Paul Gravett presenting five different countries, the comics traditions in five different countries from different points of views of of uh, more established and, let's say, older comics creators to younger ones, uh, f male, female. We, we, we looked at it from different perspectives and it, it was very interesting. Um, so that was tonight and tomorrow we have our two last events, mm -hmm. a panel on sci-fi and comics again with Pat Mills Great. and Sylvain Rumberg um, at the London Book Fair. And then in the evening will be part, our, our two authors, Vanna Vinci and Marcel Toledano, will be part of the London Book and Screen Week uh, sketchbook social event where a group of uh, comics... Hello? Um, in front of a yeah. huge audience and on, on different yeah. themes. I, I don't know exactly what yeah. it's going to be. I'm very curious to see it, but it sounds very, very fun. Okay. I'm looking huh. forward to it. Uh, okay, great. Well, you sound you've had a very lively um, series of events so far. Um, yes. So wh wh what's the day-to-day -day action like um, on the floor of the, Lo uh, of the London Book Fair? What, what, kinds of, um, what kind of inquiries are you getting at the uh, York Comics booth? 
Well, all kinds actually. I, I was, I, I mean, it's not my overall in my publishing work. It's not my first book fair, but this one is very special because with the Europe Comic Stand, we attract uh, very different uh, types of professionals and readers and artists. For example, today we had uh, we have distributors who are interested in distributing comics from China, from Korea, uh-huh. from Russia. Yes, very from even even from Libya. We had someone oh, really? mm-hmm. from South Africa. Um, but also, uh, you know, people really passionate about comics and especially when they're coming from countries where there isn't really a tradition that I, th- I find this even more courageous to actually dare and, and explore this, this, uh, the, and create a new market, but also, uh, young artists who wanted to present their works. Also, uh, companies who wanted to develop video games, for mm-hmm. example, because they thought that comic graphic novels were actually a great material for creating, uh, mm-hmm. video games where there's a storyline. Uh, we had music producers who wanted uh-huh. to offer music to our apps. Uh, really, really, we had journalists. Um, it was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, do you do you try do, uh, do you track any rights sales, uh, or do you, or you or are you guys purely to sort of bring the two parties together? Uh, no, no. Oh, I'll try. Um... Hello. Uh, yes. Can Yo, you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we we're it's, we're dropping out a little bit, but uh, I, I you, you come back. Yes, I'm back. Um, <laughs> of course. Uh, yes. Of course. Right sales are, are are one of the objectives of the project because Europe Comics, of course, the the end the idea is to give more and more variety to to English language readers, mm-hmm. but also to English language and actually not only English language but international publishers who, thanks to Europe Comics, will be able to read books in English and, and evaluate and have more choice of, of publishing material coming from different European countries that otherwise, because of the language barrier, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had the chance to to get to evaluate and to, to reach. So, yeah, yeah, we had also publishers who were coming to our stand, and, uh, and I'm sure that after the fair we'll get in touch with everyone and, and exchange information. Well, this is yes. very, very interesting. So how many more days? Are, when does the fair close? Tomorrow, tomorrow evening. Tomorrow mm-hmm. is the last day. All right. Okay. Um, and and so you, will you be uh, at Frankfurt as well? Of course. Ah, of okay. Course. Of well, course. Well, not only. There's a lot before that, actually, because yep. we're hoping to be at the San Diego Comic Con with mm-hmm. the booth and authors Great. and panels, also the full program, basically. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully at the Small Press Expo uh, in Brooklyn. Great. I and think then, well, we We've yeah. talked about this before. I yeah. think that these small shows are, are really important. I think a you can really show off these comics uh, to an audience that will really appreciate them. Yes, yes. We would be very curious, actually, to see an event like this in the U.S. And then the New York Comic Con, where, mm-hmm. again, Great. we'll hope to, to have a full presence uh, as well. And then, of course, the, the Frankfurt Book Fair. Yes, uh, well, the Frankfurt Book Fair, another huge rights yes. uh, marketplace there. Uh, well, actually, well, this is really good. Really, I really appreciate you taking some time out, uh, Nazelli. It must be uh, must be pretty late in Europe right now. <laughs> yes, uh, but but look, thank you so much uh, for being you. on More to Come, and we'll be checking back in with you from time to time to get updates on uh, Europe Comics. Of course, thank you very much. All right, Have take a great care. Day. You too. Bye bye. All right, awesome. That was great. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, we are back on the floor of uh, MOCA, the Museum of Cartoon and Comic Arts. 
arts festival organized by the Society of Illustrators here in New York City on the west side. Uh, I'm here now with Craig Yo, publisher of Yo Books, Other Things Designer, Editor, Scholar, Archivist of Retro Comics. Anyway, Craig, uh, welcome to Morning Come. Oh, thanks, Calvin. It's great to be here. It's, it's great to be at the festival. It's great to see you. I think I see you here every year. Yeah, well, you know what? I try to follow the great events around, and I always try to get up close and personal with people who are, are just publishing great comics. <laughs> oh, and you have been doing that for a long, long time. And bringing back really classics works and making them available to audiences today. Yeah, is the, that a good way to describe what you yeah, do? Yeah, the main thing we focus on is like reclaiming uh, the, the brilliant gems from the past. You know, we we look into you know comics from you know, the '40s and '50s mm -hmm. and '60s and choose the best stuff and compile it into attractive, uh, affordable collections. So you know, so people can get off on uh, the great stuff uh, the geniuses of the mm -hmm. past did. Uh, could you tell our our listeners a little bit about your background, which is extensive? Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about comics, but you've done so many things. Well, you know, it's funny. I started about 50 years ago publishing uh, fanzines about mm -hmm. comics in my in my base parents' basement, and uh, e even back then, I was I, I, other people were doing fanzines. Uh, this is the kind of the beginning of the mm -hmm. comics. Uh, uh, fandom and uh, but people were doing comics. Most of them were doing about contemporary comics, but I was very much interested in the history comics from the get go. I mean, I got turned on to comics uh, when Spider-Man and Fantastic Four mm. started coming out. But I immediately thought about it, like, wow, this is great stuff. But what what came before it? Sure. And, uh, mm -hmm. So I started putting together fanzines when I was just like you know 14, 15 years old, about 50 years ago. So uh, essentially, I'm do, still doing the same thing now. Is I'm putting together glor glorified fanzines. You know, we <laughs> much we, better paper and, uh, and yeah, bang things up. Try to do these books <laughs> with nice design and uh, production values and special mm -hmm. effects and attractive packages, and but still showcase the old great uh, cartoonists of the past. And between uh, the books and uh, the fanzines, I mean, I was. Uh, a creative director for the Muppets, right. a creative director yeah. for Disney, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, for for Nickelodeon. So I all that kind of on the entertainment side. I was also a toy inventor. Uh, I have six patents in my name for toy invention. I was uh, working at the first and largest toy think tank, Marvin Glass, and. Uh, and I was—I used to be a minister of a church. And, there you go. Uh, okay. I, actually, I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah, I used to run a nightclub. I, you know, right. I have different past, but now I'm back at my first love, uh, talking about the, the great comics of the past. Well, tell us a little bit about you know your books. That's an imprint at IDW. Exactamondo. Right? right. Yeah. But you also seem to be working as a packager. For other publishers from yeah, time yeah, to time, we're, we're, Archie we're, we're, and some other stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We, we absolutely love uh, IDW, Ted and Greg, mm -hmm. and all the uh, great people there. Uh, but we uh, we uh, we're not monogamous. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're publishing equivalent of promiscuity. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well there you played. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We do, use, we do use protection. There you but, go. Okay, there but, you go. <laughs> you know, we, we do do work for uh, other esteemed publishers in addition to the great uh, IDW uh, publishing house. And so, you know, we've done books with Archie and we've done books with uh, Random House and Workman and uh, uh, 
Apple Cider Press and, you know, all kinds of different people. So, uh, you know, we like to uh, mix it up a little bit. And we, we do books out also outside of comics, too. So, uh, you know, we, we, we get involved in different kinds of projects. Well, tell us about some of the books you, you're, you're showing off here today. Well, uh, we just had and a... Wh- uh, why do you come to Mocha? Well, I love the spirit and the passion here, the, the people behind it, uh, Anel Miller and yeah. all the people. They're I'm, I'm a big fan of Anel Miller. They're good friends of mine, yeah. yeah. I, well, I'm the president of her fan club. Okay, I, 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 well, I, you know, that I'm, I'm just a, a, a foot soldier, but yeah, there you no, go. You're right. But you need you're, those you're two. You're a member in good standing. <laughs> we keep track of you, Calvin. Uh, so, uh, but I think she's been tremendous for this show. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she's got taste and passion and uh, loves, uh, yeah. you know, you loves the young energy here and, and obviously puts on a great great show so we're, we're thrilled to be part of it and uh, you know a lot of the young uh, cartoonists here they love our books they, yeah. you know because they love to learn and be inspired by the classic uh, guys and gals of old mm-hmm. comics and uh, so we're, you know we're yeah. thrilled to be part of this terrific show so tell us about a couple of titles what, what, what well we just came out mean? with a, a Walt Kelly's Fairy Tales you which, can't go wrong with Walt Kelly yeah Walt Kelly of course uh, uh, created the Pogo comic strip, and be uh, early in his career as an animator for Disney on Pinocchio and mm-hmm. Snow White. But when uh, Disney had a big strike, uh, Calvin, mm-hmm. and uh, he he couldn't decide whether to be on the side of management or workers. He had friends on both sides, so mm-hmm. he he quit. And uh, Walt Disney wrote him a, a letter of recommendation to a comic book company, and he started doing comic books for them. But it, uh, you know, he took what he learned at Disney and started doing fairy tales. That's interesting. I didn't know that that's kind of how he started. Yeah, yeah around yeah, the strike. Yeah. Interesting. So he did, you know, inspired by Disney and, mm-hmm. and his love for, for comics, uh, he, he did these beautiful, beautiful fairy tales. So we packaged them in a really nice, uh, like a gift book format. It's the kind uh-huh. of gilded. Uh, What's the title of it? And, uh, uh, you know, yeah. bum- bumped uh, uh, spine. Uh, Strands yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I see. It's like gold. Uh, look like it's gold leaf or something yeah, on the page. It's yeah, gold leaf, and it's got yeah. like a gold ribbon in it. So it's a really pretty package. Yeah. That we get, we've had a lot of uh, people, artists buy it today, and cartoonists, and mm-hmm. and uh, families, and uh, they've been cool. getting it to read to their kids, and uh, and people who had loved the Pogo comic strip. So that book's been a big hit. Well, his illustrational style is so such a classic. Oh yeah, yeah. Disney. I mean, he it's yeah, it's just really beautiful. So what did, else we you got? got? Weird, yeah. Weird Love, which is uh, uh, probably my favorite project we work on. It, it collects what really wacky uh, romance stories from the '40s and '50s. Ah, okay. The great. same artists who were doing horror comics were also for the same publishers doing romance yeah. stories, and they would cool. sometimes do some of the weirdest. Damn stories you would ever read, you know, like I I fell for a commie or uh, uh, too fat to fruit. Or, <laughs> okay, oh, or, I love that. I, I, here's one you would relate to, Calvin. <laughs> There's a story called "I Was Too Beautiful." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sounds fascinating. <laughs> oh, well, I know you've got a, a a collection of rare and interesting titles here. Um, well, look, look be, be, before we end this, uh, just uh, how has the show been for you? Oh, it's a great they, show. I, I, tra- it looks like traffic has been incredible. Sales have been good. Sales are great. And, uh, Excellent. The, the venue is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, maybe the best part is Anel and her crew. The, the yeah. Great, great staff to work with. So, right. uh, 
uh, we're, we're thrilled to be part of it. All right. Well, that's a perfect place to end. Anyway, so, uh, Craig, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Hey, uh, no, I, I hope there's more to come. I hope you <laughs> talk to me some more. Uh, don't be it. such a stranger, Cal. You bet. All right. All right. That's my line. There's always more to come. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll leave it at that. Dig you later. Heidi McDonald, live at MOCA with Kate LaCour, uh, one of the MOCA Arts Festival Award of Excellence winners for her mini-comic, uh, Vivisectionary. Uh, Katie, uh, Kate, I keep calling her Katie, her name's Kate. Uh, what category did you win for? I won for the, um, new book. Best new book. Well, it's pretty uh, outstanding, and I guess it's fa uh, fair to say that you work at a genre known as um, anatomical comics. I don't know. What would you call your, your genre? That's a really good question. Um, Vivisection is definitely a science comic. It's inspired by science textbooks, uh, which I had a lot of as a kid, and they're pretty difficult to understand, and honestly, I didn't make too much attempt to. I was mostly interested in the pictures, which seemed to show a little piece of a very technical world that I didn't understand, and I like recreating that, this feeling of um, something that's attempting to explain a mystery without giving you enough pieces to actually solve it. Yeah. So for that reason I include some text in most of my science drawings, but I usually put it in another language. Um, and I try to draw from real uh, things. For instance, if I'm um, drawing the uh, ribcage in uh, the one that shows a bird inside a human ribcage. I want to make that as anatomically accurate as I can without making the picture make too much sense. Right. Well, I, it's very difficult to talk about art, but uh, Kate's work is incredibly distinctive. Uh, it's, it is. It takes on... Uh, her, her website's called sharkbrains.com sharkbrains.com just check it out as you're listening to this interview uh, but it's, it looks a lot like uh, perhaps the invisible man the invisible woman uh, there's a lot of uh, she has one that's called incision that's about surgery uh, basically kind of body horror uh, maybe I don't know well, I would say that uh, outside from the uh, science comics, the dissectionary, um, the rest of them trend towards a kind of metaphysical and religious content that definitely has a horror edge. Um, I don't believe in a medical, uh, metaphysical world that doesn't include some sort of um, dark and frightening aspect. I think that... Uh, Anything that's really interesting and challenging has that as part of it. So I'm really interested in exploring uh, content that's both very, very light and uh, very dark at the same time, but also coming from a really physical and body-oriented place, just because I guess that's what roots us in the world. Right, right. Well... Uh, it's incredibly distinctive. Um, really, nothing else like it here at MoCA. Very, very unique. So uh, I'm not surprised that you, you won one of the awards. Now, if we were, uh, I mean, do you work mainly in prints? Do you work in narrative uh, or both? I mean, do you, is there a webcomic that we should check out? I mean, how do we get into Kate LaCour's work? Thanks for asking. Um, well, there's my website, sharkbrains.com, and through there you can buy my print comics. 
but I'm also part of Study Group Comics, ah. which is studygroupcomics.com, and there's a whole host of web cartoonists there, and I'm posting vivisectionary series once a month, and then once a month I'm doing an install, excuse me, once a week, I do a page from The Disciple, which is the story of this uh, being that has uh, spiritual aspirations and is going through a lot of trials on the path to enlightenment. There's a lot of humiliation and transformation and frustration. I think it's ultimately going to be kind of a um, metaphysical adventure comic, but uh, I'm not planning it out week by week, so each week I just pick up where I left off and draw kind of the first thing that comes to mind. So I'm constantly surprised and a little nervous about where it's going to go next. Wow. But I'm having fun discovering that along with those that are following. Right. Well, it sounds intriguing. I, I love study group. Uh, I haven't seen your comic on there because I haven't checked it out in a while, but I'm going to run home and do that right now. And uh, everybody listening, uh, just check out Kate LaCour's work. It, it, there's nothing quite like it. I, I think it, you might find it a bit haunting, a bit disturbing. So thanks, Kate. Thank you so much, Heidi. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics well we here we are uh this week on the the latest the newest venue for uh the Boca arts festival we're here with anel miller executive director of the society of illustrators which organizes the show each year anel great to see you welcome to more thank to come thank you thank you we're so excited to be here and hopefully this venue will be a venue that we can be at for several years that was going to gonna be obviously oh my, my first question we hope it's our new home because we think it's worked out just incredibly well and we've gotten such great feedback yeah. from all the exhibitors and the guests so we're really excited about it yeah, well, this is good. You, yeah, uh, we're on the west side of Manhattan here, Forty uh, Sixth Street, yep, right near 46, the river, across, right across mm. from the Intrepid, which mm, yes, is a that's beautiful true. Yeah. view at our windows here. So it's on two floors. It looks like there's plenty of space. Yes. Um, there's, there's pl it's been really crowded for the two days. Yes, but the people are moving, and so people are moving. Traffic is flowing. Mm. The layout is great. We have our gallery with original art, which everyone, of course, is really enjoying. I, I haven't been to it, although oh, I was up on the floor fantastic. yesterday. But I'm going up yeah, there as soon as we're fantastic. done. <laughs> and people love to come and see the see original art hanging. It's very uh -uh. very special. Yeah, and I just was over uh, once again. The programming is at a mm -hmm. nearby hotel. Yes, not it's too just, far away. It's just two blocks away. Forty eight. Forty eight, and that works out really well for us because in a space like this there's no way to transform the space um, to a soundproof programming yeah, right. room and also have enough room for exhibitors yeah so having um, having these programming rooms at the hotel really works out yeah. just great just so great. It, it, without being too mundane what is the square footage of these floors um, just I'm just I, I curious think, I think there are about 12,000 uh, square feet yeah, of okay, floor yeah. so it's about this it's actually about the same amount of space we had last year in the venue yeah because we have the same yeah. amount of exhibitors. Which is also a nice venue, but uh, apparently it's condos this, now. <laughs> they, they, they sold the building and turned them into condos. So, um, uh, exhibitors, are there as many as last year? Yes, yeah. yes, there are about the same exhibit amount yeah. of exhibitors. I can't remember them. It was over 200 or something uh, like that? Yeah, it's yeah. about 200. Yeah. It's about 200, and we were still able to create our gallery and our cafe. So, yeah. so we've got all the things that we want to have here. 
but we have a lot better access in this building. There's a huge freight elevator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The staircase is wider and more accessible. Um, so it's uh, the lighting is fantastic. So yeah. it's it's really exciting. Well, this is great. I know you're giving out. You, you got a series of prizes uh, this year. Oh, I wasn't yes. around last oh, my night, goodness. Oh, but my goodness. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you about them because okay. I don't have a whole list in front of me. Okay. But I will make okay. sure that on other places on this podcast. The prize winners will be announced. Well, I can, okay, great, <laughs> yeah. because I can let you know who those winners you have, are. Oh, if you have the winner, yeah. I, well, I, I, I do, actually. Yeah. Uh, Bob Sikoriak is one of the winners. Great. Oh, terrific. Uh, Glynis Fa- Fox. Okay, awesome. And Kate LaCour. Great, okay. And Pat Dorian. Right. Right. And also a young student from uh, Maryland Institute College of Art, right. um, Sharina Krishnan. So right. that's very exciting for her. All right. Well, congratulations to all the winners. Uh, Mocha has really uh, been re- revived and refreshed by the Society of Illustrators. So, um, yeah, it, 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 you, you learn anything special this year? Um, um, I think we just, I think the only thing I can say that we're learning is that. Um, we're just doing a huge amount more promotion. Mm-hmm. We started a lot earlier with promoting um, huge amount of social media. Uh, we got a lot of great press. We were featured in Time Out yeah. New York again. Great. Featured in the Village Voice. So that really makes yeah. a big difference. Um, and it seems like people are spending a lot of money this yeah, well, year, everyone's which is tell- amazing. That's what everyone has been telling me as I walk around and talk yes, to the vendors. Yes, <laughs> Excuse yes. me. They're very happy with the crowds. Yes. They're very happy with sales. Exactly. So, uh, so that's, course, that's all we want. And I mean, you've got wonderful uh, artists here. I just came from Inc. 48 oh, with the Young Readers Panel. Great. With uh, great. National Book Award nominee, yeah. uh, Noel Stevenson. Uh, yes. know, great people. James Sturm from uh, the Center for Cartoon yeah. Studies. And there's an exhibit, Which is actually. a great partnership that yeah. we did this year with James. There's a wonderful exhibit of 10 years of fellowship at the Society. Because uh, so there's we, stuff going on here on 48th Street, but also up at the headquarters absolutely. Right, on, on, you have, know, on 63rd Street. Yeah. We have the Zap Show, which of course is just so culturally important, a s- historic show. Absolutely. We've got Rick Myrowitz from the National yeah. Lampoon. He's actually going to be doing a really fabulous panel this afternoon. Yeah. Um, with Peter Cooper and Steve Brodner and yeah. the original one of the original editors and from I, the Lampoon. And I missed the end of the panel today. Yesterday, the autobiography panel oh, that yes. also had a fabulous. Yes. My colleague Heidi was uh, was yes. uh, uh, the moderator. Yes. But I know Gabrielle Bell was there. Jennifer yeah, Austin uh, English. Yeah, yep. So, yep. So, Great guests, wonderful cartoonists, awesome venue, <laughs> incredible leadership. Yeah, sure, why not? And anyway, so anyway, uh, this is great. Uh, Mocha is certainly one of the gems on the uh, independent comics, you know, circuit. So it's t- great, and this looks like it'll be a stable place for you. I so hope so All because right. we're really happy here. So thank you, Calvin. All right, well, yes, and then thank, thank you so much thank for you. being on More to Come. My pleasure. Hi, welcome to More to Come, Publishers Weekly's weekly podcast of publishing, comics, and graphic novel news. Uh, this is Heidi McD- I am here with Kyle Baker and Kevin McCarthy. She had the thing. She had to remember. The amazing, the amazing Kyle Baker, the amazing Kevin McCarthy. They are debuting. They're debuting their new book, Hot. Oh, Hot Wire Circuit Breaker. Yeah. See, yes. Was it called Hot Wire once? It was. Ah, so I the vestigial memory. But now it's called Circuit Breaker. Just debuted. And All right. Marvel scenes. That's good. Well, tell us about Circuit Breaker, Kevin. It's okay You're... to use the name as long as there's not a book with the same name. That's why there's two Captain Marvels. I guess so. All right. So, oh, thank you. 
What? Uh, who came up with this idea? I came up with the idea a very long time ago, um, back in the '90s, when uh, there were lots of uh, sexy superheroes, and my big idea was that hot. She's hot. She hot wires the robots. And uh, I, I was going to make some Evangeline money. That's right! <laughs> I read an old pitch of it. That's right. And, uh, and uh, it was accepted many places and then fell apart in many places. And then I shelved it. And uh, someone was like, oh, yeah, well, what about that, that old story? So I dusted it off and approached it uh, as a person that was now 20 years older. Wow. Well, hold that thought. Be time with Kevin. Yeah, we'll, end up, we'll talk about a mind. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what it's about. Yeah, there we go. This is live, folks. This is like at the con. Yeah, that's right. They are. So, so you have come up with this idea about a, a hot young, babe. a hot, a hot young girl, while you were a younger man, and now you are a more sober, older man. Is well, that now right? I now I know better. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and my heart probably wasn't in it, which is why it never happened. And uh, it was strictly to cash in on a fad, uh, which, in a sense, I'm, I'm doing again now with uh, the kids like the anime and the manga. That's true. Uh, and when this would have come out four years ago, uh, that 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 would have been. Uh, Is that my water, brother? Yes. Thank you. That would have been... Uh, so, we're a little behind the times. I don't know. What's the latest fact now? So, I don't, think, so I, don't think, I don't think anime is dying. Okay. That's good. No, I, I did it because... I, I did it because my kids all are into it. I got three girls, so... That's all they read. They like anime, anime right? That's all they like yeah. is anime and manga. So, this is a timeless tale, then. It stood the test of time. <laughs> at least in your notebook. Well, you know what is, is happening now... Is is uh, there's this big push for more women superheroes? That's so we're on time with that. So this the, the trend towards diversity and inclusion and la la la. So we waited for uh, uh, the world to come around to accept a uh, uh, a female hero who doesn't have to be sexy. Wow! So so much has changed the world in just twenty years. So. Uh, and now the now the big thing everybody you know now that inclusion is no longer a problem and right. diversity is no longer a problem right. uh, the, you know the big the big thing everybody's pissed off about now cultural appropriation uh, which I thought, <laughs> which I thought <laughs> we were doing here um, I'm I'm Caucasian but that's as I, far as I, it, I, you know you do a story that takes place in Tokyo what are you going to do. Well, it's going to have to be have, full of Japanese. Have you had any comments yeah. along those lines yet? Absolutely none yet. And really? there have been detractors, but nobody has, has I'm said. I, I don't feel like we did anything egregious. Um, we're sort of, it's a, it's on its face a, a story that uh, is very familiar. A, a super future Tokyo and, you know, robots are turning against us. But, uh, and that was uh, uh, kind of a necessary springboard to make comments about how we feel about those kinds of stories. And we're fans. We're not just... Very much We're so. not just chasing a, a trend well, or something. I have to say... We actually... Like, we actually... I, I read this crap. I, I'm, I'm flipping through the book, and because Kyle drew it, it is absolutely stunning. Now, I don't know if you paid for it if you didn't. You're going to pay for it over there. I did, I'll pay for it over there. Yeah, they, don't, they don't pay the artists. Well, it's a, it's a whole I was just terrible thing. listen to the story. Now yeah, no, keep listening. No, that's cool. 
How, uh, how did Kyle come aboard this project? Well, there were a number of artists attached before, uh, before Kyle agreed to do it. I was the first one. Uh, then there were another uh, couple of artists, some notable names. And then, <laughs> and then there was me. <laughs> I think at one point, it, Hotwire was at one point at... Um, Hotwire, I pitched Hotwire, it when pitched, it was a hot girl, though. Uh, when you were at Vertigo, there was um, the, the, uh, the, the, the Helix, the Matrix. Helix line, yes. That was, that was uh, called Matrix, then Helix. Which was kind of science fiction, which is what this was. And, and uh, they loved it and, and, of course, didn't do it. And... and um, then also Rocket, Rocket Ship, Rocket something at Dark Horse was another imprint that was sort of like, she's sort of rockets, so I think they thought that that fit there, but that didn't last, and um, and now here we are at, at, at Image, where it should have been all along. Oh, That's there true. you go. You Thank you, Eric. Well, again, I think things change, because... Uh, it's like David Bowie said. Ch -ch 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 changes. Hey, boy, I've heard of him. <laughs> well, uh, a lot. No, since a lot of people had seen the pitch, there were fans of it, and they uh, they wouldn't let me uh, let it go, and and, uh, well, also, and finally it did happen. I also think that th when I was talking about things changing, something has changed in image recently. Because I, and I don't know what it was. Something I don't want to get anybody in trouble or anything. No, but I, I had a bunch of stuff. I was I was pitching them two years back. They got back to write all my DC books and so well, I'll take them over to Image. And I think we were working on this too. And and for some reason they were dragging their feet. I don't know if I don't know what the issue was, but they were dragging their feet. And then suddenly they called me up a couple months ago and they're like, Hey, is that book ever? I was like, that book's been done for, forever. It's, it's, it's sitting there in your FTP. I don't know. No, I got it. I just wanted okay. to say He's, thanks, guys. I was listening to the story. So I, I think, you know... Thank you. Appreciate I, it. You know, I, I think sometimes it's just the right time for stuff. I think that... Uh, I think a parallel is when I was... Years ago, doing Marvel stuff during the, the gold rush, the 90s gold rush, uh, before Image had started. There was a time, and I've been there forever, that there was suddenly a time where they were only interested in doing books that sold a million. Right. You know, and, and then that time ends... And then suddenly they're like, okay, we can work with you again. But there was like that kind of weird thing. So I think that it might have been some walking dead fallout, you know, like maybe a couple of years ago they were looking for, I know that once they were looking, they were going to pick up Cowboy Wally because it was black and white. And they were like, we, we want to do more black and white books. And so I think the time was, and so whatever is going on now, the time is right. Time is right for Kyle and Kevin. We're doing something, yeah. Kyle and Kevin. Yeah, my book's still on there. It's a very but, strange little book, um, probably hard to pin down. It's not exactly a straightforward, uh, uh, you know, uh, science fiction manga story. So it's uh, it's off kilter. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's it has great. Uh, it's a thing, but it's also it's a, a, a thing that makes fun of the thing that it is. And right. uh, luckily, in comics now at Marvel, but probably especially at Image, there's a space for quirky little books like this that, um, you know. Probably wouldn't have been able to find an audience. Well, to be uh, fair, to, to be fair, I also I find from experience that a lot of so much. a lot of things that people say in comics are like weird are pretty mainstream normal stuff. For example, I'm doing a lot of kids stuff lately. Kids stuff. Anywhere else in the world, you go into some guys' office and go, "I got a great idea for a cartoon for kids." They, oh, terrific! We can't get enough cartoons for kids. You go into DC or Marvel or anybody 
and you say, I got a cartoon figure. Oh, we can't sell comic books to kids. Kids don't read. You're like, what? You know, and, and like Nat Turner, which is a history book, has done great everywhere except in the comic book market, which I didn't design it for that. But, you know, I designed it for schools. You no, know, it is changing. So I'm saying you go to somebody and say, I got an idea for, about a little girl robot. It's You would think it's a no-brainer. If we went to Nickelodeon, like I was surprised we went to Image, and I'd love to you know, talk to you about what we're doing with this app, the property afterwards, because it does seem like more of a, a, a I can see Disney buying this or, or Nickelodeon or Do you hope for me anybody. Uh, Adaptation of Hotwire? I mean, no, we would say no, but we just want to be asked. <laughs> are you, are, have you been asked to do the podcasts, the Image podcasts? Yeah, this is a no. This isn't it, is it? No, no. my podcast. Oh, it's this podcast. No, oh, no, okay, no. Image does their own podcast. They yeah. interview creators. Comes out. Weekly. Are you are you an Image guy? No. Oh, I'm okay. Just a fan. In that case, we've been asked politely to not do it. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Yeah, we're recording now. But that's oh, sorry okay. about that. No, we're just okay. Please. You can cut it out post, no, right? No, it's all right. I didn't know Image had a podcast. We got to find out why we're not on it. So yeah, I, if any prospective podcast uh, producers are listening, I'd say the Kyle Kevin show is, like, get them where there there's not go. all this noise and distraction. You just get them on a roll. Thank you. Get them on a Kyle. You, know, you know what the show, I, you know what I think we should do? We want to be on Investigation Discovery. Yes. Nice. Playing different murderers every day. Do you guys ever watch... That's Snap? my favorite channel. Do you guys ever watch Snap? Have you ever too? No, what's yeah, that? Okay. Oh my! Oh, oh, is that one of those investigation discussions? Yes, about the I watch them all. Kill. Yes. Know the women well, there's a, kill. no. There's also women who kill. There's also um, a couple of women. That, there's the there's evil a lot brides. Of yes, yes. Yeah. And then those. there's the one I can't believe I married an ex murderer. These are not real shows. You know what's great about those shows is they are so clearly non-union because nobody can act. <laughs> I mean, but real. I mean, it takes real talent to not to be that bad. I mean. Like most people can fake it. I've been in, I've done cameos and stuff, and I'm not that bad that you're like, wow, that is, <laughs> that's amazing, you know. Amazing how bad you the are. only worst actors in the world are porn actors. Yeah, but they have other skills. They can't be hired. If for you their can't acting. believe the person is actually having sex, and they are, they're bad <laughs> actors. Seriously, they're like, wow, they they really don't. They're not convincing. Either. <laughs> You, of course, were one of the first stand, you know, the early days of the American graphic novel with uh, Why I Hate Saturn, and now your books, you know, and the Cowboy Wallace Show, which was published by Dolphin back in the day, and yep. now, now you're publishing all your books again? What's yes, yes. That? Tell us about that. Well, I, I got them back. I, I got them back a few years ago, all my books, and I, first I was going to try and find another publisher, Thank you. and then... I just found, and I find this with a lot of stuff, is that I like it better when I do it. And I've done it. And, and also, no, at this point, there's nobody who... I've been doing this 35 years. So you also get to a point where you're like the smartest guy in the room regarding that particular subject. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, I'm just too old to be arguing with, with people that when I know what the hell I'm doing... Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly. I'm the and, same as you. I'm a rugged individualist, Kyle. And the other thing nobody seems to get about me, I mean, I'm talking about like business-wise, is I do okay. My books actually sell. Like, I have a following. In the, and it's just, at this point, to have to like try to convince somebody that something's fine. And you're like, you know, this is the fourth printing of Cowboy Wild. <laughs> See why I have to sell you on this concept, you know? Uh, 
and again, it's it's there's a way to do it. There's a way to make it profitable. There's and again, the reason I did all this stuff, you know, when I did it, was. Oh, I'm distracted. Um, yeah, the reason why you did all the books originally, or well, you know, I did. Yeah, I, I usually, like you say, like did the early graphic novels. I, I tend to create a lot of formats, create a lot of genres, and things like that. And so at the time, it's iffy. But then the next time around, like the reason I ended up back at DC years later was the first two graphic novels I did. Nobody knew what a graphic novel was. And so you first you had to sell them on that idea right, of a graphic was, novel of yeah, original yeah, material. Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I always say, graphic novel is original material. Like, like Dark Knight's a reprint. That's not original material, and, and neither is Mouse. I was one of the first guys, besides Eisner, and I was inspired by Eisner, to do books, long-form books, of original people. material. And again, also, the first couple of books were designed for the bookstore market. And again, there was no graphic novel. But the so. bookstore market wasn't ready, was it? No, they weren't. But that's. But the other thing is, you go into some guy's office and you're like, "I got a great idea for a 200 page comic book that has no superheroes in it," and they would just stare. At it. No, so I stopped. Yeah. I gave it up. And again, like I was saying before, everything seems to be more. My ideas tend to be more acceptable in every other media. Like if I go to Disney or I go to and I go, "I got a great idea," and they go, "Yeah, we totally get it." You know, like I worked on Phineas and Ferb and, and like commercial things like that. So I'm not that far out. It's not like Robert Crumb coming in and saying, "Oh, I got a great idea for or you. Max on." Yeah, Crumb. I mean, I, if it is from you can't get more mainstream than you know these kind of things that I do. So, or, or Nat Turner, you know, I, I want to do a history, an educational cartoon book, and people, oh, I get that. It's educational for kids, you know. And so now, oh, the, I'm sorry. When I left and started doing Hollywood stuff because it was my ideas were not weird in Hollywood, so I was working on Warner uh-huh. Brothers and uh-huh. Disney and stuff. And came back only because when the bookstore market opened up, uh, DC wanted to start putting, selling books to the bookstore market. And I was the only guy that knew how to format graphic novels <laughs> and knew the medium. And, and they came to me because I, by that time, I had walked away for a long time, about seven years. And then Dark Horse came along and Image came along. So they had some creator-owned stuff, you know. And I said, well, gee, maybe I'll take a look. And so I had an idea for a book, You Are Here, and I was taking it around to everybody except DC. And they called me up and said, why aren't you calling us? And I said, well, we've had this conversation before. You won't let me own it. You, you, you know. Yeah, and then when I went in, and I originally planned to lowball them, um, you know, I was like, well, it'll be black and white. But I thought I had to talk them into it because, again, I hadn't done it in seven years. So I thought I was going to have to convince people to do and. I go into Karen's and I'm like, it's okay, it's going to be 160 pages, it's not going to have superheroes. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we know, graphic novel, it's what you do. Great, you know, fun, yeah. It's what you do. And, you know, I was like, yeah, and she was, they said, oh, we'll do it in color, we'll let you color it and everything. So things changed that much in seven years. And I think, yeah. you know. And that's how comics were born. But for me, because I got 35 years experience, it, I, the two things I've always found is that nobody gets as excited about my stuff as I do. For example, I had hired I had hired a publicist years ago when I had my, when I had my own publishing company. The first time, I hired a publicity person, and I'd say, "Get me some publicity for these things." And she'd come back with just this really small venues, and I'm like, "No, no, call up the New York Times." Call. They're like, "Oh, they won't do. They won't do." I'm like, "No, trust me. I'm Kyle Baker. Just call the fucking New York <laughs> Times, Wall Kyle Street Journal. Baker. Yeah, just trust me on this. And sure, you know, most people just I, I don't." I think it's because I'm an anomaly. They don't get it. They they look at it and they think, well, this guy couldn't possibly have an all. Even though the, everybody has one in their house, 
<laughs> it's like, oh, I know I must be the only Kyle Baker fan that collects all of his books. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? It is true. It's rare to go to anyone who's in a comics house who doesn't have a Kyle Baker book. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, it's not like I'm nobody. It's not like the a, books are losers. There was like a, a website, there's a Tumblr that has a lot of your work on it. That's probably and my website. No, it's not. It's like oh. this guy, he has about six artists that he tracks. Oh, that guy's fun. Yeah, yeah I like but, him. So I was looking at everything he had tagged for you and it was like, you know, the shadow. And, I mean, just hundreds of pages yeah. of amazing, amazing stuff. Oh, that guy's a dime. And only got up to like 94 and I'm like, you got 20 more years of Kyle Baker? Yeah. yeah I was just, Tumblr's been See, and now, well, here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example of why I, it's better if I handle things. <laughs> okay. Okay? Anybody else would have sent that guy a cease and desist. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's doing my job for me. Yeah. You know, let this guy build a 200-page website and, but, you know, write a biography of me, you know. And lovingly so. Well, God, you know, God bless him. You know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll pay him and, like, do a, do it as a book. No. <laughs> Since he's done the work for me now. Well, with Circuit Breaker, how many issues? There'll be five issues. And, uh... We hope it continues. We'd like to do, uh, probably another series, uh, after, after it ends. Uh, there's like a lot to do more issues. There's yeah. more, a lot of Circuit Breaker stories to tell. Uh, there's a lot no, of no, no. Things, uh, that didn't make it into the book or didn't really get uh, as much screen time as we would have liked it and uh, there's a lot of lot somebody of, uh, should have written on the cover should we write the price directions that we can go yeah yeah there you go alright well these guys are getting back to selling their, their books hold on uh, a second Kyle what are they charging for that I don't know oh ask them okay. we're going to write it because people keep thinking they're free so ask them what they're charging Kyle and Kevin thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us our pleasure Heidi thank you alright